Hi there, this is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups Podcast. And my guest today is Jenna Proctor. Jenna, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So give me uh, just a kind of a quick bio. Give me the one or two minute, who is Jenna Proctor? Yes. Okay. So I am, first and foremost, I am a wife to my high school sweetheart. And we have two little girls. So I am wife and mom first. And then beyond that, I was in education for almost seven years. I was an elementary school teacher, have a master's in education. And I'm putting it to really good use running my own business. Um, I'm a Pinterest strategist now. So I wanted to have some more freedom to be with my family and have the flexibility to be there for them when they needed me. Uh-huh. Um, finding a substitute teacher is a lot harder than people think. Preparing to be out of your classroom when your yes. family needs you is actually harder than just showing up when you're sick yourself. So I wanted um, that level of flexibility that teaching really doesn't have these days. So I started my business and that's kind of what led me here. Well, I, I actually come from a, a family of educators. I, I married one, both parents are, grandparents were. So, yeah, I fully understand the, and I, I, it's interesting. I mean, my wife and I were having a conversation last night about her taking some time off this summer. And she said, the problem is that it takes so much time to prepare for being gone. That, it really uh, does. And it's, it's like two full-time jobs. It's like really it two is. full-time jobs. So, so tell me, there's a little interesting story about the transition from, your teaching career to to the business career. So, I, w- I was reading a little bit on your on your website about that transition. You want to want to expand on that a little bit? Yes. So I quit teaching for a little while after we had our youngest. Mm-hmm. I finished up that school year after she was born in March, and I took off until she was almost a year old. And then I went and taught in another county for a little while. Um, things were already getting kind of to where I felt like I needed to be doing something else, but I wanted to be sure because it's super hard to leave teaching. You're leaving children. So I wanted to be sure before I really closed that door that I was truly done. So I went and went on with another county near us and it was great for the latter half of the school year. And then starting back that following August was a very clear sign that I did not need to be in education anymore. Um, It was a very unfortunate situation where we were evacuating the classroom for third grader safety because of other students. Um, So it was something I'd never encountered before in my Mm -hmm. previous six years, but it was definitely a sign that I had been praying for. (laughs) It was very clear. And so actually was planning to get a job that I could have and go back to school because with having my master's our kind of plan had been for me to at some point go back and get further degrees to be able to teach at the collegiate level and so that was kind of the original plan when i quit and absolutely nothing panned out it did not work out at all could not find a job that would even be enough to then have to put our children in full-time care and so i said you know what this is this is not the route that i'm supposed to take so i then thought about my skills that I'd had. Um, I was in an MLM for three years previously. So I had, you know, some talent and understanding of social media marketing Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I said, I can, I can do something from home. I can help other women run their businesses and be in the background. And that's how it started. I was a virtual assistant, um, starting in October, November of 2016. And then after discovering Pinterest, I, 
just ran with that because it it made sense to me. Instagram right. and hashtags and and that's just I can't get the perfect selfie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not how I am. So those other platforms didn't really work with me very well. Right. And so I saw the the way that Pinterest could be used beyond where most people were using it for blogging. It could be used for any type of business that had a website to drive traffic to it. And it would be the life that you get out of it is so much longer than posting a piece of content on Instagram and Facebook where you're looking at 45 minutes to an hour. And so, especially with thinking about myself as a busy mom, if I'm going to put my heart and soul into this content, I want it to last. I don't want it to disappear in an hour and no one see it again. So I wanted to bring that to other women in their businesses. That way, this content that they were creating was serving their business for a longer period of time. And so in May, June of 2017, so last summer, I really finally went for it and started what I have today with, I launched my website, I started my private Facebook group and really, really just started focusing in on building my own business instead of just being behind the scenes with other women. Right. So you, you transitioned to, to a Pinterest strategy, uh, solely Pinterest. Yes. Okay. So tell me the, tell me the company name, how you, how that came about. What was the inspiration for the name? So the company name is Jenna Liot, and that is my first and middle name. And really, it was just wanting the flexibility to go in whatever direction my business led me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want, I mean, already making the transition from being a virtual assistant to being a Pinterest strategist was a name change, so to speak, in the business world. So I wanted to make sure that I was open to whatever direction I would choose to go in the future. Um, You know, different things came up that I wanted to be able to offer. It didn't kind of pigeonhole me. Sure. Um, and then having a unique middle name made it very easy to get a website and, you know, all the other things that you have to make sure that the names are not already taken. Mm-hmm. It's a unique combination. So it made that part really easy. So I think you're the first person. I mean, I'm 54 years old. I think you're the first Liat I've ever met. So where did, I wouldn't what, doubt it. where did the name come from? Um, I think that my mom told me that it was one of the characters in the movie South Pacific. Oh, wow. I think so. Okay. <laughs> That'll be a good research project later. So yes. we can do that with homeschool kids. So, so tell me, so you were, you transitioned from being a teacher to being a virtual assistant. Were you doing this on your own or were you with a, with a company that had virtual assistants or how did that? I have always been on my own. Okay. So you found someone that needed a virtual, so you just offered the services or you knew somebody that was looking for one and you said, hey, I can do this. I started out just solely hanging out in Facebook groups and when people would post that they were looking for a virtual assistant, I would reach out to them. Um, I had a lot of people tell me that I stood out because I actually followed up with them. Oh, wow. Where they would get all of these responses and get overwhelmed and I would you know, offer to hop on a phone call with them or... You know, when I didn't hear back in a couple of days, I would circle back and say, hey, I know that you got a lot of response. I wanted to you know, check and see if you found anyone. So that was a lot of the ways that I got my first few clients was the fact that I, I was persistent. And one of these one of these uh, these companies or these individuals that you were a virtual assistant for, 
you started doing their their Pinterest. Yes. You were working solely on like like their promotion through Pinterest, or how did that happen? Um, my one of my very first clients was a food blogger, and she came to me one day and she said, look, I bought this $400 Pinterest course. I just don't have time to go through it and then, you know, do everything that it's telling me to do to improve my Pinterest SEO. And so I want you to go through it and then do all the things that they tell you to do. And so that is how it all began. I, the training was, it was a very good training. I learned a lot. And then, you know, being able to take it and apply it to her account and see, that it worked. Um, and then just really watching it grow and just seeing how important the optimization with focusing on keywords with Pinterest was and you know, just learning different ways to use it to promote her blog and seeing the page views grow and things like that was what really opened my eyes to saying bloggers already do this, but right. it can be so beneficial for anyone <laughs> that has a website and is putting out content. So what was that aha? What was that, that pivot moment that said you, you can go from virtual assistants, I can do this on my own, I can do this for other people? What was that epiphany that you had that, that one day you're folding it was laundry and saying, wow? a lot of what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy the extremely social part of Facebook and Instagram. I am naturally an introvert. Uh-huh. It's changed a lot um, with being in business, but it was just the fact that you don't have to sit on your phone or on your laptop to promote your business. And again, just seeing the pins that we put out several months ago, still sending so much website traffic, Mm -hmm. knowing I'm done with that. I haven't had to touch it since, and it's still serving my business. It fit me, my personality and how I wanted to, you know, run my business with not being, constantly feel like it's a popularity contest and having sure. to be in people's faces. People are searching and finding you when they are actually doing it instead of the constant needing to post and be in, you know, make sure that the 4% of your followers are seeing you because you're posting, right. you know, six times a day. Um, the automation behind it was, was really good. So it really just fit with my personality. And I think with being an educator, maybe the SEO part of it of thinking, I always had to think of several different ways to explain things to my students mm-hmm. and now to my own kids. So it's kind of the same way with the keywords. You have to think of, I would search it this way. Well, how would other people search for that same information? So I, I just like the way that it works. It works my brain. Right. And and I, I think that's so important. And I, I want our listeners to kind of camp on that. So, you know, there are, there are a multitude of social media options out there. And I, I like the way that you... Uh, you you kind of narrowed down to one that really fits. It fits, mm-hmm. you know, how you're made up. You know, it fits your makeup. It fits your um, how you think and and how you know. It, to me, I think you will use things more if if they're a, a better fit. Yes. In essence, so you're not forcing yourself into kind of the Facebook mold or the Pinterest or the mm-hmm. you know the Snapchat mold or whatever that that mold may be. So, um, tell me your. What do you think your lowest point would have been since you started? I mean, it was, it's really since last summer. I mean, you probably had some ebbs and flows anyway since the since the beginning. But what what would you say would be your lowest point? And then this kind of short in, nine months or so. Well, in the very very beginning, so when I first stepped out from teaching into getting my first couple of clients, those first two clients I got 
within a week, we had to evacuate for a major hurricane. So I had just I gotten, you know, gotten everything settled with my clients and I was supposed to, you know, just been working days. Mm-hmm. It'd been days. And then had to say, Hey, I have to leave for a hurricane. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. I don't know what the circumstances are going to be. I don't know if I'm gonna have a house when we come home. <laughs> you know, I I don't know where things stand for about the next week. Mm. And that was very scary knowing that I mean, if you have an established working relationship with people, they're going to be more sure. understanding. But we had just started working together. They didn't know if I was just taking their money and telling them, you know, lies. Yeah. <laughs> so who knew what was going to happen? Or, I mean, at that point, it was one of the worst hurricanes we've had in mm-hmm. years and years and years. And so we really just did not know where our lives were going to stand. And it gets better from there. <laughs> We survived the hurricane. Everything was fine. We come home and there's no damage to our home. My car, we left here because we all traveled together. My car was fine. No water. And then within a couple of days, our air conditioning goes out. (laughs) And then within a couple of more days after that, my husband's truck needs major work. And so I've just quit. I've just decided to go out on my own, which it was unplanned. It wasn't you know, anything that we'd planned on having this transition. And it was completely just a leap of faith. And that was probably the most stressful time I've had in my business just because it was like, okay, was this not what I was supposed to do? Mm -hmm. It makes you second guess. Like, do I just need to go get a job because of all of this pressure? And so making it through that and not cracking (laughs) and not folding to the pressures of, you know, feeling like I just need to go get a job um, instead of sticking with what, I really am supposed to be doing was was very very tough, but then very proud to have made it through that. I, you know, it's the old adage: "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." Is that uh, absolutely what you've gone through? So, so talked about the low moment. Tell me the tell me the highest high you've experienced since in the last say nine months or so. Um, I have done two launches in my business so mm-hmm. far with programs that I have put together. And well, I guess I've done three. Um, and I did a launch for a group training program that was a complete flop. And then a month or two later, I did it again. I'd gotten some help. I've been working with um, a coach. And so we really just improved everything a lot. And I was able to have a successful launch, which was huge for me because all the pieces that have to come together to make things go successfully for something like that. Um, so really my first group training program where I created all of the materials, I'd done all of the videos, and then we also had weekly calls. It was just that first step into what I really wanted to be doing because that is the teacher in me. Right. I love to teach other right. people. And so it was a defining moment where I realized that that's what I really loved to do. And so that was the direction that I was going to take my business in with, with offering, teaching other women how they can use this platform for their own business. Mm-hmm. And these, these other, I'm, I'm assuming launch two, launch three were, were, you know, much more successful than launch one. The first one was for a much smaller program. Um, and it was really more like a self-study. Mm-hmm. And then the second was the first launch of okay. what the, the third did as well. And then I, actually getting ready to do a launch um, later this month. So, 
if and this you, one was going to be even better. <laughs> if you had to pick out just two quick points that that made the difference between an unsuccessful launch and a successful launch, what would you say those those two things were, or the two things that you changed in the in the launch strategy? I would definitely say increasing my visibility during the launch was a huge difference. Um, just making sure that I was showing up for my community and making sure that I was emailing the people on my list about what was going on and, you know, still providing that value. So really just making sure that they saw what was going on. Mm -hmm. I also made sure that I was communicating with people one-on-one. So just really that, that high level of touch of, you know, actually talking with people about it instead of just posting and hoping that they would be interested. Um, really just that one-on-one relationship building. And then the next would be being just being much better prepared. I wrote out my emails in advance and had everything set up to run automatically so that I could focus on the visibility part of it without feeling like a crazy person having to write an email every day and be visible in my community and in other communities. So definitely the visibility and being more, much more prepared. Well, it's a little bit like taking a day off as a teacher. You you have those lesson plans ready beforehand. So yeah. it's it's interesting. I mean, we haven't I haven't done a ton of these of these podcasts, but uh, there is a common thread through almost everyone I've interviewed that that they can look back at their journey and and like nothing's wasted. Like everything that has happened, whether it's good or bad, you know, experiences, skills, education, in some way that's when they when they reach the the time where they're launching their business it's like a mosaic of all these life experiences together it's like the puzzle pieces finally fit together it really does it definitely is like that because i you know i'm sitting here thinking i have a master's degree in education that's really serving me well well it it really does help me i can see in the courses that i've been through and what i've created that there is a big difference in an educator creating a course where Teaching is teaching, no matter what the content is. Right. And so with the the level of scaffolding of support that an educator is going to offer, it's going to lead to much more success than just putting the content out there and not having that level of support and then kind of bringing them down where they can go and do it themselves. So sure. it's, it definitely does make a difference, and I've been able to see that it does all tie together and it's, it's been an amazing journey to see it all come together. Well, as you were talking, I'm sitting there thinking that only an educator knows what scope and sequence means. So, (laughs) and you know, you probably are, have had that drilled into your, in your brain throughout your entire educational journey. So, so tell me if you could nail down, say one or two like real pain points or obstacles that you, you are facing right now in your business that our our listening audience may be able to speak into that you know this idea of a a rising tide lifts all boats tell me give me the the like the top two pain points that you would say you're facing right now um definitely the number one is sales selling is hard for me Mm -hmm. um just does not come naturally to me i'm very passive i have never responded well when people try to sell to me. So, you know, if people say, well, I have to think about it, I just say, okay, let me know if you have any questions. And that's, in sales, you can't do that. 
And so that's definitely my biggest pain point right now is just learning that it's not being pushy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still trying to serve them because right. they're going to have hangups. They're going to have you know issues that they have to work through to really feel comfortable with something new. And for most people, this is something new for them. They've not done it before or they've not brought in help in their business to have someone mm-hmm. you know specifically handle something for them. But it's just does not come naturally to me at all. Sure. So what would be number two? Um, I mean, number right. one's a biggie. Yeah. No doubt. Right. Number one's a biggie. No one could be like one, a one B one C. So yeah. There's but, so many there. Yeah. Um, but totally separately writing is very hard for me. Just, it's, just content creation or editing or what part of writing sales pages. So that goes back to the sales, but I have, always been so concise with teaching children you have about five seconds to really get in what the important thing is and so you know being direct and concise is how I've always been I'm, I'm to the point I'm not a lengthy storyteller with all the flair and you know beautiful descriptions because I taught fifth grade they didn't care mm. to get get it done in the, the moment that you had their attention and so it's been a big transition in, in that aspect of people want beautiful stories and, you know, details and they want to, you know, be taken through this journey. And it's, it's just, I have to pull it out of myself because I'm going against what I've done for so long. And, um, it's definitely a struggle. Well, I, I want, I want to, uh, encourage you to look back at this, at this recording after, after the fact. And look at the way that you've answered the questions when they've been asked. I mean, you have been concise and you have given the information, but you've also, you've, you've painted a picture. So you do have that ability. You do have that ability to tell the story and, and to, um, you know, kind of create a scene in our minds. You know, I mean, we, we certainly were taken back to the classroom, you know, where the, the kids were in danger. We've certainly taken back to the evacuated you know, the evacuation route, you know, when the hurricane hit from Puerto Rico to New York, um, you know, so, so that it exists there. And I do want to encourage you that, that, that is, uh, that voice inside that you're listening to that says, you know, I, I can teach, but I'm not a storyteller is, I think you've exhibited that even within, you know, this short, you know, video or short interview that we've done. So it's there. It is there. It may be a latent skill, but it's there. So you've done a, doing a really good job. So let's as we as we kind of wrap up, um, just want to dive a little deeper. Just uh, this is what I affectionately refer to as kind of the life quad. So it's like four different areas of, of life that I want to ask you about. And and, um, and remind me because I want to circle back at the end about one more thing on this that is not on our, our list of questions here. But tell me who's one person that you really look up to online that, that you really tried to emulate or follow or has been a real encouragement or you've learned a great deal from who's that, who would be one person that you would, you would identify that we may know. Um, Michelle Knight with brand Mary. Okay. She's a business and branding coach and she showed up in my life when things were really, really tough. I was in a training program that was, just you should be waking up at five o'clock in the morning to work before your children get up and you're going to have to work at night. It was just, it was very intense. And I actually ended up leaving it because 
that's not what I wanted my business mm-hmm. for. And then into my life through, you know, mutual acquaintance comes this this woman who is doing her live videos with her baby in you know the baby wearing carrier and she's bouncing wow. on a live video. She says, well, if I stop, he'll wake up and cry. So this is real life. And it was the fact that her business and her family, everything came together so well. And she was able to build a, a successful business with, I mean, she started when she had a newborn hmm. and it was always that her family came first and the, she just ran everything so differently than what I was being told I had to do to be successful, that it was a breath of fresh air when I may have otherwise not quit or not made it. I would have quit. Um, she was my first client that was the the exact, my ideal client, exactly who I wanted to work with. Um, and you know, that was an inspiration that led me that further encouraged me to really take my business in the direction that it's going now. So it's, she's, changed and shaped me and my business in multiple different ways. And I mean, you can identify with her as well. I mean, as you, as you watch her on video. So give me a, is there a special life quote? You know, a lot of, a lot of us have things taped up by our computer, just, you know, these one line quotes, you know, that we want to really want to live by, emulate, whatever. Is there, is there something that really stands out that is a, is a quote that you like to follow? I have a lot. I have a lot. I am, um, in fact, behind me is paper taped up where I am redecorating. My office is off from the kitchen, so it's actually like a breakfast nook. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm trying to make it more office-like. But one of my favorites is there is no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. Wow. Okay. You know where the the origin of that? I do not. It's just one that I found several years ago, and it's stuck in my head. And I didn't grab the uh, the person that wrote it was not stuck in my memory. Okay, just the, just the quote. Well, that will this will be listed on the show notes. Um, give me give me a piece of advice that that you would give yourself if you could go back nine months and say, okay, this is my kind of pre-launch Jenna self um, that that you think our listeners would would you know, really benefit from as well. So what's that one piece of advice that you would give yourself again? Go for it. Go for it. Stop no waiting for everything to be perfect. It won't be. I spent so much time on the back end things of like making sure that my workbooks were perfect and beautiful. And you can spend so much time preparing that you lose your true window of opportunity to take that action. So taking action is crucial. And sometimes you just have to say, I've done it. Let's get it out there so that people can actually have it. There's a, I mean, we said this on, on multiple, you know, interviews because this, this theme has come up again and again about the idea that, you know, I waited, I I probably waited too long to do what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do. And, um, I mean, I've said it on other other podcasts. I think there's a, a quote attributed to Reed Hoffman who created LinkedIn. And he said, you know, if you're not embarrassed with your first attempt, then you waited too long, you know, that with your first product that you create or whatever. So um, and I, as I listen back, even to the first podcast, I, I understand that I, I could I'm thinking, why did I say that? What was I thinking? So it's it's been really good to to, you know, to, even to see growth in, in a very short period of time. And I know you could look back and and see just how differently you do things now than you did, you know, in, in say summer of 2017. So oh, yeah. 
Um, what I wanted to circle back, I mean, I think I have been amiss a little bit on some previous episodes because we've, we've had people that um, the average listener out there would almost consider an expert in certain fields. And, and we would look at you as kind of our Pinterest expert. So is there, a specific, is there two or three specific things about Pinterest that you would say, um, this is what you really, if, if you're going to use Pinterest, this is what you really need to keep in mind. You know, this, this is the advantage to Pinterest. This is, uh, this is how to leverage Pinterest in the best way. This is how to benefit most from, from using Pinterest or whatever. Just a couple of three quick, yeah. quick tidbits. So the biggest benefit, well, there are several. The biggest is it's a search engine. And so when you change your mindset of thinking of Pinterest as more like Google rather than Facebook and Instagram, then it changes the whole game. You you think of it keyword based, which is exactly what you need to be doing. There, there are algorithms that come in with Pinterest, but the biggest foundational piece is making sure that you are including keywords mm -hmm. in your pin descriptions because that's where when people are searching in that search bar, they are going to, Pinterest will pull keywords from your pin description. Right. So definitely make sure, making sure that you have those keywords there. And I'm not talking just one or two. Generally, my format is, you know, give a brief description, enticing them, telling them what they're going to get when they click through to your website and then give a call to action, actually telling them to click through to your website because there was a study that is, increases people actually following through and clicking if you tell them to. So definitely giving a call to action. And then I create a keyword bank for the types of content that my clients put out. And I will go and, you know, if it's a breakfast recipe, I go back to recipes because that's where I started and mm -hmm. everyone can kind of relate to that. Sure. Um, if it's breakfast recipes, I'll have a list of breakfast recipe keywords for that specific type of content. And then I will put those keywords in the pin description. And then now we've had to add on one last thing. Since Pinterest is using hashtags now, I put in maybe two or three hashtags just in case, you know, people are starting to use those with the, with linking the content together. So that's kind of my format for making sure that a pin is fully optimized and that way it will show up in search. So that's, that's the biggest foundational piece. Um, it's a huge benefit to your business for evergreen content because when you're putting it out there, you know, you may not get immediate results. It is a long-term game, but it's also a slow burn where once you get that fire started, mm -hmm. it keeps going for years. You will get people coming back to your website from a piece of content that you put out a year ago and again, you're not having to do anything else with that. Right. It, it takes off with people find it on Pinterest and they pin it and then it just expands and grows from there with each person that pins it. It's getting more activity and more visibility. So it grows itself once you plant that seed and put it out there. Mm -hmm. And I, I think one key word you mentioned is is evergreen. I mean, it is yes. evergreen content and, you yes. know, that's that is not, you know, caught in a feed that that just flew by and. You know, now you've got to go through 52 other posts and you it may or I mean, may it's, not it's show gone. up or whatever. Once yeah. you, I, I was listening to a Facebook group training and it was basically, you know, you, you put out a piece of content and, you know, since I'm in the female entrepreneur world, you know, 
the, ba the baby cries or, you know, someone needs you for something or it's even that you just had a minute, you know, on a break at work and you're scrolling through and they may have caught a glimpse of your post and wanted to see it. But then the next time they come back, it's going to be gone. Sure. They may sure. not ever find it again. Even if they're actively looking for it, it is very hard. Sometimes I can't even find my own post that I put <laughs> out there. And so it's, it's nice that people are constantly using Pinterest and it's usually on the app. And so if they see something they like, they pin it mm -hmm. and then can they have it saved there to be able to go back and look when they actually have the time right. to right. do that. Right. Well, thank you so much for, for wrapping that up. And that's kind of an just an added bonus at the end. That wasn't on our list. And, and uh, you did a great job of, of going through there really clearly. And then here's three or four points to, you know, to add yeah. on to that. So, Jenna, is there anything else that uh, I haven't asked you about that you wanted to you want to just add to the end of our recording here and then I'm going to circle back and ask how people can find you. Nope. I think that, that we covered a lot. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, it, it's been great having you. And so if people were looking for Jenna Proctor, how would they find you? Um, I have a private Facebook group. And so it's my private community mm -hmm. and that is perfectly print, perfectly Pinterest with Jenna Liot. And then my website is jennaliot.com. Okay. Now, do you want to talk about services that you offer through, like, like sure. what are the basic, I mean, are there like two levels of service or what, what are just kind of the highlights of, of if somebody's looking for, for you to help them, what are the, the say the couple of things you offer? Yeah. So I have a self-study course that's Pinterest Foundations, which is you would get the workbook and videos and that would teach you how to get your Pinterest account set up for success to increase your brand visibility and and grow your website traffic as well for free. So it's not including any types of ads or anything. It's organic website traffic. Mm -hmm. And then I offer full services where I would go in and optimize your account to make sure that everything's set up properly and then maintain it monthly to do all the things involved to help keep it growing and really just increasing your website traffic every single month. So I have courses that I've created and then I do offer full services. Okay. And then I have my course Pinterest for Profits, which goes through everything from getting your Pinterest account set up into what do you do with that website traffic? If they're just coming and reading your blog posts and then leaving, that's not going to grow your business. So it's really going through the lead generation and, you know, creating a funnel, getting, right. getting all those kind of starting pieces set up to use that website traffic that Pinterest is sending you to grow your business and be profitable. Well, Jenna, thank you again for, uh, for joining us today and, and, uh, listeners, now you've got the opportunity. She's, She's mentioned a couple of pain points and, and uh, really interesting pain points on, on this interview. And um, they will be on the feedback form on our website. So I'd love for you to speak into this and Jenna would as well. And we'll provide her with that output um, within the next week or so. And Jenna, just thank you again for, for taking the time this morning and, and joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you and just hearing your story and and uh, I hope our listeners, you know, speak in in great numbers to uh, offer feedback into this. And and once again, we are just wrapping up another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And and uh, just as a reminder, we like to close every show with the idea that uh, this was designed for one thing, and that was to help all boats rise in a rising tide. Jenna, thanks again. Thank you so much. 